Action. All right. Welcome to the Laura Cross podcast. Um, this is episode 10, and I have a very special guest here. Um, we just wrestled because that's how I introduce anyone <laughs> on the podcast. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought it was a, a blast. Um, and you're pretty good. She like lifted me up and well, and you got to dominate the heck out of me with some belly punches. She throws a mean punch. Oh yeah, I punched you good. Oh yeah. <laughs> so first off, um, give your name and where people can find you. Um, well, I'm Sadie Saturn and you can find me on Twitter um, at Saturn underscore Sadie 420. So that's where you can find me. My OnlyFans will be up soon. You can find it on Twitter. That's right. Um, so, yeah, uh, I found um, Sadie Saturn through a mutual friend. And, um, yeah, I mean, look at her. She's, she's freaking beautiful and perfect <laughs> and has an undercut. <laughs> you love that undercut. I love it. Like, nobody, nobody else that I film with has one. I have too much hair. Like, I have to. Like, yeah. It's like, it's just like, look at all this. <laughs> and that's with the undercut. That's right. So, okay. But what we really want to talk about is you. Um, so, uh, give a little bit of back history about why you decided to take your first leap into um, fetish and adult acting, um, and how long was this process of, you know, considering all the pros and cons? Because I think a lot of people out there, especially with OnlyFans and all that, are getting more involved in this with their partners or side hustle or just to explore on their own. Um, so anyways, I'll stop talking. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, I guess, like my desire to model and stuff like that and like let my body be seen yeah. started four years ago when I started like doing figure modeling, nude modeling cool. for my um, college. And um, yeah, I would get like, I'd get drawn nude or painting nude and it was really empowering for me. And like at the time, like there was like, even just in four years, there's way more transgender representation. But like four years ago, like it really wasn't in the media a lot. You didn't see transgender bodies except for like ones like represented by like cis male actors in movies, which right. isn't a very accurate representation. So I kind of felt since I was comfortable sharing my body, I felt this duty to like show my transgender body to the world so people can know what like transgender people look like, that we're beautiful, that we're human, just like everyone else. We're not that different. And yeah, like from there then, um, like, I got fired from a job a year later um, when I was working over the summer and I needed to make some money. And yeah. um, so I got into Chatterbait. I had a couple of friends that did Chatterbait. So I did that for just a few months and then like I got back to school and I like ran out of time. So I ended up not doing that. Did some other work. Um, and that's kind of like what got me into like adult, like acting, film work. Oh, the Chatterbait. Chatterbait, yeah. yeah, doing camming. Yeah, no, I would do camming and I would, you know, do solo play and stuff like that. What did you like about camming and solo play? And what, what did you get out of that? Like, how did that sort of um, push your journey of maybe self-acceptance or self-appreciation or comfort? Like, did that have any effect? Like, all the positive feedback that I'm assuming you probably got 
yeah on your chatterbait well it was it was an interesting experience because it was like very like uplifting to get you know this positive feedback and to like you know at the time i didn't have as much self-confidence so for people to like want me and desire me it was really nice but at the same time like you know you have to deal with people that are fetishizing you mm -hmm. and don't like see you or talk to you like a human so right. there were like some times where it would kind of make me feel like weird just because of the things that people were saying to me um, but overall, it was like a really positive experience, and I guess I kind of learned like through the solo play that when someone tips me and gives me a little money, it's a huge turn on. <laughs> Once those tips started rolling in, I was like, well, wow, this is hot oh, and sexy, wow. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm ready to go again. <laughs> yeah, but definitely one reason why I wanted to switch to um, doing adult scene work with other performers is because with Chatterbait, a lot of it is about like catering towards personal relationships with your um, clients like right. your viewers and that got kind of tiresome to me like it would take a huge emotional toll these people would tell you about their lives their depression right all of this stuff I mean you'd become yeah. their emotional support not just their kink right no. so that's what made it really hard for me that was the part that was kind of like I don't know if I can do this yeah no that makes sense um cool and uh so how did you um hear about uh, me and Moulin Rouge Studios? Um, well, I had um, a friend, Valerie, who oh, uh, works yeah. with y'all, yeah, and um, she was telling me about y'all, and I was talking to her about how I like to do uh, Shibari, about yeah. how that's something I've been learning, and she was like, no way, like, we like to do photo shoots like that. So that's how she kind of got me in the studio, and then once I was here and we were doing shoots and stuff, then you know, Leroy kind of told me about what y'all do here, about Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Um, and I'd kind of, like, talked to um, Valerie about, um, like, how, like, I was interested in doing that and, like, how I had a history with nude modeling and chatterbait and stuff. So Valerie was like, well, you should really look into this. Like, let's talk about it. And then from there, I came in in a meeting and I met you. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> now here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, like, um... So, I don't know. I feel like, I, I mean, I'm bisexual, and I feel like I'm attracted um, maybe even more so to females. I am married, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I picked one, you know, <laughs> that, I, that I liked pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I think you're super attractive. Like, you, you're, like, you're like my body type. You know? Yeah, you're really attractive too. I really yeah. like you. I'm excited to pick you up in one of these scenes. Yes. Yeah. I think that definitely needs to happen. Oh yeah, it will. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, I just think it's cool the first time I met you how like enthusiastic and eager you were and it was like as soon as I was like, Yeah, we gotta get a Twitter, we gotta get on mini vids, we gotta get here or there and you're just like on it. You're like, Cool, done. Yeah. What do we do next? When do we want to start? You know, and that's just, that's so great. Because there's so many people that um, are like, oh yeah, I totally want to do it. And then like, one person finds out and they're like, oh my God. I was like, I told you, I yeah. told you that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? They're like, yes, all gung ho. And then like, one friend from high school finds out and like, they're actually happy about it. Yeah. And they're like, ah. Scary. They look at no. And then they run away for a couple of months and then they come back. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, it just seems like you're like 100% like ready to go like and hit the ground running. So I think you're going to do well if you just 
definitely keep keep that attitude. Definitely, yeah. Okay. So, what are some things? So let's actually let's get a little into um, ethical non-monogamy because you are in a pretty interesting um, relationship situation right yeah, now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I am not nearly as well versed in any of that as you. Definitely. Yeah. Well, like, let me talk to you about my partners. So, um, you know, I practice polyamory or ethical non-monogamy as some people call it. Um, and I'm in this little relationship. Um, some people refer to like three people or like four person relationships as like a polycule. Okay. Kind of a weird word, but it's just like, I guess the word that was invented. I guess you could call us a triad too. Yeah. If you wanted, but yeah, I've got, um, two partners. They're both non-binary, so they're like on the transgender spectrum too. Okay. So like they use they them pronouns, which is like kind of like I know that's coming more into the mainstream right. non-binary identities. Um, but yeah, no, it's um it's really great. Like we have like, you know, little three person sleepovers and like we go on three person dates, but then like sometimes I'll just go on a date with one of my partners or I'll go on a date with my other partner. So it's like really sweet because I've got these like individual relationships. Like me and my one partner, we have a relationship. Me and my other partner, we have a relationship. They have their own relationship. Right. So it's really like, I feel like a lot of people get into polyamory and they like think about it as like, oh, like this is a group, like we're a unit. And like, oh. they don't think about people as individuals as much. Right. And one thing I found with polyamory, cause I've been through a few different like polyamorous situationships, relationships at this point. Situationships. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and like treating someone as an individual. Which doesn't necessarily mean you're not, like, you're treating someone like an object or something, but it's, like, making sure to, like, still value your individual relationship. Right. Yeah. Like, um, I could imagine that, like, your partner's needs are probably quite different. You know, maybe one... Do, have you read any of the five love languages? I haven't, actually. Okay. No. I just really like that book, so I always just kind of use it. But it's, like, for example, my main love languages are... Like, I love physical touch and words of affirmation, you know? And um, my husband uh, loves, like, gifts, which gifts are, like, on, like, the lowest. Don't stop sending the Amazon gifts, though. But anyways, they're, like, on my lowest, you know? Um, like, gifts and quality time. And so we're totally different. But I tend to try to speak to him before I think about it in my own love language. So I'll like come over and like be like rubbing his back, you know, while I'm telling him nice things and he doesn't like being touched yeah. <laughs> like that. And he's like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, oh, it's just, I, I really, you know, I really appreciate that you did the dishes. And so <laughs> he's like, no, 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 you're, you're fine. Like, stop. Yeah. He would have liked it more if I would have gone and like picked up groceries that he likes or something. Yeah, definitely. Does that kind of make sense? That does make sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that does. Yeah, and that's one of the great things about, like, polyamory and non-monogamy is it allows you to, like, satisfy your needs without making your partner feel inadequate or, like, they need to change themselves or anything. Right. So, like, I do, like, my one partner, like, appreciates, like, physical affection and, like, stuff like that more, but then my other partner doesn't like to be touched, like, a whole lot, but that being said, like, they want to spend the whole day with me if they can. They love exactly. quality time. And that's nice because, like, I need a lot of physical touch. So that way I can get my physical touch. And, <laughs> and then, you know, I can have quality time with my other partner and stuff like that. 
Now, one thing I would like to mention about non-monogamy is like, I think that people might have a conception that people that do it don't experience jealousy. Yeah. And that is something that like you still have to deal with and struggle with. Um, and like the thing with that is just learning ways to like limit jealousy. Right. Like build up strategies, like whether that's, okay, I'm going to go hook up with this new person that we've been <laughs> discussing, but we've got a date planned for tomorrow. So, you know, I'm thinking about you. I'll be back tomorrow. Like, right. you know, doing stuff like that instead of, all right, I'm going away tonight. You know, just think about that dot, now. Dot, 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 yeah. crickets. Horrible thoughts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, and like, there's a lot more communication going on. It's just like, so much communication constantly because you need to always know like what's going on everyone's mind and I think that's almost nice because like for me in monogamy I'd always be like what's the other person thinking I wouldn't ask them right. but it's like when there's three person three people involved there's no room for that like, yeah. you kind of know you have to make your needs met I think that's great um I can tell you that uh because people confide in me um especially when I'm doing like uh, sessions or session wrestling um, or whatever like they don't get to have that outlet with anyone else and I'm like a safe place right mm -hmm. like, I don't know anyone they know like you know I don't even know their real name and so they can sort of share like all of their struggles and a lot of them will um, talk about how difficult it has been to communicate with a partner that they have or you know what I mean and those particular struggles um and it seems like a lot of times it ends at they've stopped trying to communicate about their needs um which aren't being met and the other partner um just isn't receptive or is too busy or has just stopped you know what i mean or is a little selfish and mm -hmm. really yeah <laughs> like why do you care about that i do xyz but it's like this is you know, one of the most important things to them and nobody's willing to really hear that. Um, yeah, like per se in the examples of like foot fetish, you know, it could be as simple as like someone wants to like have, you know, feet in their face or be, you know, have them massaged or like have that tactile like of feet they're attracted to in their mouth and the other partners like no that's weird and you know and maybe they brought that up a couple of times and then they you know feel a little attacked and embarrassed and you know because it's kind of like if somebody totally pushes that away and you feel horrible of course you don't want to bring it up again but then it becomes this secret and this wall um that's between them actually having open and uh, fulfilling communication. And a lot of times the other partner needs that open emotional fulfillment and closeness feeling to feel physically intimate, you know what I mean? So it's like, it just creates this like worse and worse barrier that um, could be simply thrown down if somebody had the courage to just be like, hey, this is what I like. And even to admit like, and I've been, doing foot sessions and I still love you, but I would rather, I'd like to do it with you, you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so anyways, I, I always 
tell people that during this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you should do this. Yeah. I feel like I'm, like, a sex therapist. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that kind of ties into, like, the experience I had with Chatterbait. Yeah. Is that people definitely look to you for a lot more than just sex. Right? Which was very surprising to me. I didn't, I didn't anticipate that. But, I mean, it makes sense. A lot of people, you know, they come to us because, like, you know, they don't have someone to talk to. And they're lonely. And they won't get judgment. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, or at least there's like a part of them that isn't accepted in their um, in their professional or day to day life or their personal life. You know, they just have to like box up this part of themselves because the world is like not accepting of it or thinks it's weird or whatever. You know, even if it's not harmful. Um, anyways. Yeah, and that's kind of part of the reason why I wanted to get into porn is because, like, in, like, any normal job, like, corporate kind of stuff like that, like, yes, with, like, new legalization, like, you know, they can't fire you for being queer or transgender, like, you're allowed to be, but you still face, like, tons of discrimination, and you have to hide yourself, you know, you deal with rude things. I definitely have been, like, shadily fired for, like, reasons like that at small businesses where they could get away with it. And, um, but like, you know, in the, in the like adult film industry, like, you know, I'm praised for the way I am and I'm allowed to be exactly who I want to be and I don't have to hide or pretend to be anyone. And for me, like being able to be my authentic self is like so important. Same. Absolutely same here. Yeah. That is boiled down. Like that is a hundred percent why I like do what I do. And that's kind of why I just have this podcast. I'm like, let's talk about all the things that people think aren't normal because, I mean, that's like what I do pretty much 100% of the time. It's normal for me. And like, I, I don't know. I just don't think people should have to run around like hiding or feeling ashamed um, of themselves, especially if it's not doing any harm to anybody else. Like, And the fact that people... Um, can be so harsh and so judgmental. Um, it's, you know, it's just, uh, I think it's sad. And uh, I don't know, I see it a lot in social media, which is why I got all my personal stuff off social media. <laughs> now I just have, you know, my business, my Definitely, business yeah. stuff. Um, but man, in particular, by the way, TikTok is like the meanest place on the planet. I would like to share. And, like, I'm fine with the hate comments because it boosts my post before I got banned, but I deserved it. It was fine. And, <laughs> but, you know what I mean? I was like, man, these 13-year-olds are harsh. They really are. They're banding together. Like, <laughs> I literally posted a TikTok just of my cat, and some 13-year-old was like, never post a video again. Wow. Yeah, my cat. <laughs> How could you not like a cat? I agree. All cats are beautiful. Especially, especially my cat. <laughs> yeah yeah is anyways i just yeah i feel like social media is getting like more and more um harsh and since people um you know circa covid are more and more secluded you know there's a spike in time spent on there and people thinking that that's how people really are that's not how people really are in real life it's just under the the guise and like the um, the I don't know shelter of um, an internet and a, and a keyboard. Are they really willing to bully to make themselves feel better? 
Because, I mean, that has to be what it's about, you know? Definitely, yeah. Um, anyways, so yeah, I just think if, if all I could do would be help people be themselves, be authentic, and uh, not throw shade at other people for no reason, like, yeah. that would be life well spent. Um, yeah, I just think it's, it's cool to be able to help people um, accept themselves and work through all their stuff like I did coming from a really religious background and yeah, I couldn't have sex without it hurting. I think it was a psychosomatic thing because I had so much guilt associated with it. Wow. Yeah, and so like there was actually nothing wrong and it, but it hurt for the first like five years that I had sex. And I was like, oh, people just do this because they're in a relationship and they have to. I was like, this sucks. Yeah. I was like, ah, it's been a week. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess I should do this. <laughs> if I want to keep my boyfriend. Yeah, definitely. It's amazing. Like, um, how the psyche can affect like yourself sexually because like when I first like came out publicly as transgender and was dealing with like a lot of like discrimination and also like, you know, just mental health things. Um, like I started struggling with like erectile dysfunction yeah. for like a whole year. And then one day it like just went away. It was completely mental. I was just yeah. felt weird about my body. And then one day I was like, I have a girl dick. Girl dicks are hot. My partner thinks my girl dick is hot. Hell yeah. And then that went away. Girl dicks so, are hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. Well, shoot. Uh, yeah, I think we should probably wrap this up. It's been a kick-ass day. Yeah. Um, so tell people one more time um, where they can find you. Um, I'm Sadie Saturn, and you can find me on Twitter at Saturn underscore Sadie 420. Please follow me. <laughs> All right. Peace out. Hehehehe <laughs>